Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number 11. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about objectivity in morality. Also in this episode, spin the wheel. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. First, in the red corner, hailing from the great state of Ohio, he's a conservative, a Christian apologist, and a pastor, the Minister of Pain, Jamie Goodlet! And in the blue corner from Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, he's a progressive, an atheist, and a math teacher. He's a weapon of math instruction, Scott Dickey! And now... Let's get ready to dialogue! Hey, Jamie. Welcome back. We're in uh, 2020 now. Yeah, Happy New Year. 2020. First episode of the, of the shiny new year. Uh, you know what? Strangely enough, it still feels like 2019 to me. <laughs> well, because every day up there looks the same. Dreary <laughs> right. and gray. That's so. it. That's it. Well, <laughs> hey, do you yeah. have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Um, yeah, actually, um, my wife and I have just, well, it's not really a New Year's resolution, but we've decided that we're going to try to, you know, I mentioned last time about how we had our, our little running, um, uh, you know, our running goals. And so my yeah. wife and I are going to are going to set, we're going to try to bump up our, our running goals a little bit this year. And um that's that's basically it. I mean, not really a resolution, but it, it it is a goal. I suppose it is. You know, it's You're a goal we have for this year. Crazy, Scott. Certifiably <laughs> running. <laughs> I've never understood that, but hey, maybe well, that's because I was never a runner. You can keep calling me crazy when was, I'm you know 95 years old and still I was still quote, kicking. <laughs> big boned, and so I didn't <laughs> I, I didn't do a lot of running. Not a lot of running. That's well, right. Do you, was do you have any? Uh, a resolutions yeah, for this I year? Always, I always have a few. You know, um, we want to give more, and um, we'd like to find some people, like, instead of just giving in, I, I don't know, in, in your kind of normal kind of way, we're hoping to do some more stuff that involves individuals who we know need certain things. And so okay. we could kind of reach out anonymously and, you know, pay this off or do that and so right, we're right. hoping to do that of course i could lose a few <laughs> hundred pounds not well not quite that much but i could lose lose some weight so i'd like to start i, eating I think a we all could do that so, uh-huh. uh you know you're typical so typical you're basically run of the mill kind of thing just yeah. be a better person kind of Pre- thing pretty much yep that's all it. right yep. Say, um, so let me ask you this i mean I, you probably don't have an opinion on this but uh yesterday i saw uh, two people talking about is 2020 the last year of a decade or is it the first year of a decade? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Have you heard any of that? Have you heard any? Well, that's a that's a good question. 
I have, I would, I don't know. Is there a technically correct? Um, I, no, no, oh, there's okay. not. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I heard the, maybe this is just me, just a math nerd here, hearing people discussing this, but one of them was saying, well, I mean, if we start counting years at year number one, you know, year 100 is the last year of the first century. So the year 2000 was actually, was not a new millennium. It was the last year of the second millennium, right? And so then 2001 is actually the first, you know, the first year of the next one. But on the other hand, um, and and I think that's a legitimate argument. But on, on the other side, uh, the other person was saying, yeah, but but we're out of the 2010s. You know, we're not in the teens anymore. And now we're right. in the 20s, which is also a legitimate argument. And, and the thing Somebody's that struck me Somebody's got to be fun, right. Somebody has to but, be right. <laughs> but so so my comment was that you're both right in that it turned actually every moment of every day is the beginning and the end of a of an of a decade. It, you know, it's, it, it just depends on what. <laughs> you know, what you're counting. So if right. you're saying, yeah, so it's the end of the teen, the teens are done and, and we're into the 2020s, on, but it's technically the last year of the second decade of the 2000s. Yeah, I think you're wrong. See, that just shows our <laughs> listeners that we can argue about anything. anything. Right, right, exactly. You, you uh, know what? I, I think that you actually think I'm right. I probably I have no idea so, what to think now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so in this, um, so back to business here. We yeah. got some uh, we got some interesting discussions coming up here, in the, and in this first uh, discussion of the of the new year, we're going to be dipping back our toes back into the into the well of is that a saying? Dip your toes in the well. Sure. Dip our toes into the pond. It is now. of the uh, of that morality pond. And so we're going to be talking in this case about uh, objectivity in morality. So let's just get rolling on that. This is the main event. Round three. All right. So uh, tonight we're going to be continuing our discussion on morality and just to, to do a little recap, um, so this will be round three. We, we've, uh, round we've done a couple three, of fight. <laughs> ready go. Uh, we've done a couple of we've done a couple of chats, and so round one basically we were talking about uh, Jamie. You were investing, or you were uh, asking me about uh, how I could envision um, a a moral system without a god, an objective moral basis that's separate from any kind of a God belief or, or, or a God. And so just basically a rundown of what my argument was, was that um, I, I, I proposed a morality that's based on the, on uh, demonstrable well-being of conscious creatures. And so, and so then I would uh, judge an action to be moral if it demonstrably promotes well-being, at least in theory, there might be some things that are difficult to demonstrate in practice, but if at least in theory, it can, uh, demonstrably promote well-being, then it would be moral and immoral if it promoted harm. And so you're saying that there's that those those gray areas would be those that you would um, oh sure sub- there would be there sub- subcategorize as non-demonstrable. Uh, is, right. is that what you were talking about? Well, that? yeah. Wh- whether or not something is objectively true or not is a separate issue from whether or not we are actually capable of recognizing whether it's true or not. 
Right. Right. So there's there there are some things that are objectively true. For example, um, uh, you know, there is a certain color to the to the material in the center of the earth. Right. But that's not something that we can. I mean, there's an objective reality there. I mean, there's going to be uh, some stuff there and it's going to have a color. And but, you know, obviously that's not something that we can demonstrate at the moment or even ever. Uh, so that that's kind of what I'm saying there. It's just at least in theory has to be demonstrable. Um, uh, and then moral duties. We didn't really talk about moral duties. We I know it was mentioned, uh, but go figure. We you know, we ran out of time. We got we got on our on our um, on our uh, roll. We were on a roll. And so we didn't really have time to bring up moral duties, but I'll just throw it out there. And in case it comes up today. Uh, moral duties arise from the fact that we're a social species. And so since we're living together, we would have, um, you know, certain responsibilities to each other and to our society and so on. And so, so you would would, uh, define duties as those things that we're obligated to do. Yeah. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just trying to, um, no, no, that's fair. Duties. Right. Duties means that something that we're either expected or obligated to do as members of, of a society. Okay. Um, and then, um, so I talked about uh, demonstrable well-being and harm, um, we, you know, whether or not it's an objective moral standard. Uh, I think it was, you know, I, I'm not, not, you know, I don't want to put words into your mouth here, but I, I think it was pretty clear that at least it was objectively measuring something. If, if we can demonstrate harm, then there's something objective there. You know, it's not dependent on whether or not somebody has an opinion, whether or not it's harmful. If we can demonstrate that it's harmful or demonstrate well, think, that it's. I think that, that the, the, the determining factor is that we had to distinguish hurt from harm. And I think that we, we would probably need to define those in, in like we can demonstrate hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that possibly has some kind of basis there, but I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about harm. So in order to expedite so, wait, this, so what, let's just say I'm not. What would be the difference there between hurt and harm? What do you mean? I don't understand that. Well, um, hurt would be more of a physical thing. So mm-hmm. you could physically demonstrate like I chopped off their finger. Right. Right. So, so that is hurt where harm could also um, um, in, in, incorporate um, other things that um um, like social type of rights and wrongs. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, so one's, I mean, one's physical I, I, yeah. and one, one's physical and one's not. All I'm saying is, is that I, I haven't necessarily agreed that we can come up with an objective um, standard for harm. Well, I mean, but but, but I don't. But my, I don't my point was that sit on that today. But if it's but if it's demonstrable. You know, there, right, there might be things that are difficult, difficult to demonstrate. We might not know if they're harmful and that's fine. But so if it's it something that you can objective, then it would be, it would be. Well, no, I'm saying that if we, if we, those that, if we couldn't demonstrate the harm, then we wouldn't be, then we couldn't say it was immoral. Okay. So that's what I, so I'm, I'm tying the, uh, that's why I say demonstrable, at least in theory. For example, um, if we wanted to say that um, if if people uh, forced themselves to write with their left hand instead of their right, 
Okay. Um, you know, that's difficult, but we could do studies to, to show, you know, whether or not that does harm to a society. It would just be a difficult thing for us to do immediately. You know, we could, we could, you know, that's something that could be investigated and maybe it would take time to, for us to really understand whether or not it is in fact harmful or, or helpful. Um, but it's still something that we could, we could examine and that we could, we could demonstrate in, in theory, whether or not it was harmful or helpful. Does that make sense? It does. But for the sake of time, I just think we should continue moving on because obviously I know this is going to be, and I'm not sure I agree all with that, but we're not here to work. This episode isn't here to unpack. Okay. That's fine. We can move on. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So one thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up again, and that is uh, we did, mention or it was brought up briefly uh during that round one by the way just i want to talk briefly about the round two uh, just a couple of sentences here and that was uh that was a lot of fun i think that the what we ended up doing for the round two uh if you haven't for anybody that hasn't listened to it yet basically what we did is we started talking about what we were going to do for our talk right now and we ended up having this big long discussion about how we should approach it and what we should do and then we just decided okay let's make that an episode and so so we uh you know we cut that one and and it's in the uh, trenches. rolled it out like like this is podcast 101 in right. the trenches with Scott yep. and Jamie so it's like uh, the B-roll right it's the B-roll it's the behind it's, the scenes stuff that's right that's right <laughs> So anyway, okay. So now, um, so we, we mentioned briefly, uh, uh, at least a variation of the Euthyphro dilemma in which basically was that, um, you know, this is based off of, of, um, of your take on morality, which in a nutshell, you know, I know there's some nuance to it, but in a nutshell, it's basically whatever God says to do, that's what you should do. And, and, um, and so then my question was, okay, well, is it, uh, you know, should you do, is it moral to do that because that's what God says, or does God say that because it's a moral thing? And, um, which is, a, it's, it's a slight tweak from the actual youth for a dilemma, uh, which talks about piety rather than morality, but it's the same right. kind of, uh, same kind of argument. Same idea. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, the idea there is that if it's moral, just because God says so, then it seems kind of arbitrary. And if it's, um, if the other way around, if, if God says so, because it's moral, then it has to be moral separate from, from God. And so that way we should be able to, again, at least in theory, determine that without, without a God. And so you suggested that, you know, that wasn't a true dilemma, which, well, kind of, I mean, the, the definition of dilemma is kind of loose a there. Or not they, well, the, the de- definition of a dilemma is A or not A. Not and necessarily. This, not dilemma. But, but, just means two, two, two lemmas, two suggestions, two, right. two statements. So basically, a dilemma is a, is a comparison of two possibilities, very often presented at an A or not A. And this one kind of is that. Um, you you suggested there was a third possibility, and that possibility was that um, God dictated according to His nature, which basically was goodness or was morality? I don't know. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. I'll give you the kind of the 30 second bit. So as a theist, we believe that um, goodness is based from God's nature. So God is the good. So God doesn't have to look to a standard outside himself. And he just doesn't decide, nah, I'm going to make murder bad. Um, 
that 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 isn't the case. That the third option is just God is the good. He is our stopping point, um, and and that it flows out of his the goodness flows from his nature. So his commands come from the fact that he is good, and his and those obligations and duties come from his commands. Okay, so um, I. I I know it's 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 it sounds nice. I'm I'm not really sure what you mean by flows from him. What is that? You know, the goodness. Uh, it just, what does that it mean? It just means that it is an attribute of God. That um, just like God has. So um, how do we de- omniscience? So that- he's 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 all knowing. He's all powerful. He's also uh-huh. all all good. He's perfectly morally good. And so, okay. just like those other attributes come from God. Um, so does this, um, so does goodness or oughtness. Okay. Um, so, uh, the question I asked last time was if God's nature were different, then would murder be good? If, if God's nature were different and God said you should murder, would that, would that be a moral thing then for us to do? Now, I hate to do this because I know this isn't kind of what we wanted to go, but give me uh, a minute to explain. Okay. okay so um, I think it's impossible for God's nature to be any other way. And this is because God is what we call the greatest conceivable being, or he is the, a maximally great being. Uh-huh. And what that means is that uh, part of that means he's worthy of worship. And um, as a theist, we believe that um, uh, these qualities of him being um, morally perfect and mm-hmm. all powerful and those kind of things make him a maximally great being. So he would not be God if his nature deviated from, um, from moral goodness. perfection. From okay. more, no, from 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 his. So, like, he wouldn't be God if he didn't have the nature that he does. So, we wouldn't be human uh-huh. if we didn't have our human nature. He wouldn't be God if he didn't have the nature of God or the attributes of God. So, okay, um, but he is, and so, like, I'm not trying to sidestep it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to think that I'm running from some kind of question. Oh, he doesn't have an answer for that, so he's. You know, he's trying to juke and jive. That isn't the case because I think we had mentioned maybe in round one that it's a lot like the question, have you stopped beating your wife? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I can answer that question because okay. I, I, I would never beat my wife to begin with. But to have a yes or no answer, I think, would kind of make me answer a question in a way that would be false. Now, if you say we were in a totally different world and there's a totally different kind of God and that God um, in within his nature was, was, was killing was, was good. Then yeah, I suppose we would follow that which flows from God's nature. But in, in that world, he wouldn't be a maximally great being. I, I don't think he would then be defined as God. Well, let, let me uh, let me rephrase the question then, and I'll, I'll rephrase it the same way that uh, that I did last time. And that is, so what if in fact God's? So you're saying God can only be one way because that's good, right? So that's that's the thing. That's the 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 maximal 
the maximal nature of of the you know the moral perfection there. So what right. if our understanding or your understanding uh, of God's nature is wrong? What if in fact God's nature is such that it is good to to murder? Uh, I know that's tough for us to imagine because we we see it as bad. We see that as immoral. Um, but again, we're inf- we're fallible right. human beings. And so, what if what if you were mistaken about what you thought God's nature was, and then later discovered that? Well, and you're then, right. Anything and, and is so then, possible. Right. So, so would you say then that murder is a good thing? No, and here's why. Um, I think that just as we can see the world around us through our sight. And mm-hmm. we can smell things with our, 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 our senses, with our nose. Uh, I also think that moral um, oughtness is, is so clear in certain circumstances, in certain instances, that it is just as real as our other senses. So we, I, I would argue that we know Torturing a baby for fun is wrong just as much as we could see something with our eyes. Obviously, it's in a different sense, but it's that what they would call um, they would call that a properly basic belief. So I think that and I, I think that you might agree with me in a certain instance that some of these moral duties and obligations, some of these oughtnesses are, um, are so obvious that um, to deny them w- would be almost as crazy as denying other properly basic beliefs. Like, you know, like, 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 like there are other minds around me or um, there is an external world. I think those are all properly basic beliefs. And I, I also think that certain moral obligations, at least the real basic ones are, are that kind of, um, obvious. And then to deny those would be, um, would, would be crazy. So, so, so let me, uh, let me ask you, be, uh, oh. well, I'm not, I'm not quite finished. I, I, I okay. would just say that it would be, it would be, I don't think that God could have a nature other than what he does. And I think that we've properly understood at least uh, parts of his nature based upon these properly basic beliefs that that it just is so obvious to us Mm -hmm. that, that torturing a baby for fun is wrong and we ought not do it. That, that, that any argument to the contrary would have to be, it equally is powerful, and I just don't see how we could we could make one. So, so let me let me ask you about. So, I, I've heard the phrase "properly basic belief" used in a few different ways. So, just why don't you just uh, are you saying that uh, a properly basic belief is just a belief in something that can't be otherwise? Is that it, or no, is that no? I think that it's it's a belief in something that is just so obvious to us that to believe otherwise um, would just would just be so uh, so it's amazing. a matter of our perception of the situation because um, we know yes, that our no. perceptions well, can mean, be wrong well that's true but I think that everybody who's conscious would say that there's an external world at least almost everybody 
Um, I think that almost everybody would say that they could see certain things and that there are objects other than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, um, um, that, that, you know, so those kind of things are properly basic. And I think that as long as people are endowed with kind of normal faculties, your basic kind of faculties that, that, the, the majority of human beings are born with mm-hmm. that those are really just basic and easy to understand. That's why they're called properly basic. And it's not, so this is not like a theist thing. Of course, I think there's um, um, most philosophers, I think understand that they're these properly basic beliefs. So they'll argue okay. what some of them could be, but I think right. a lot of us would say, Hey, the external world, that there are minds other than my own, um, that the, the world has got like a dimension of time in it. You know, that, that we actually perceive some kind of time, whether that's A theory, B theory, it doesn't matter. The, that there is some kind of uh, coming into being and coming out of being that time passes or, or right. that kind of thing. So I think that would be like a properly basic belief. And I think that some, some moral obligations can be hinged or can be put into that category as properly basic. And so for God to have or for us to be misunderstanding some of those basic attributes of God. I, I mean, I think that. that well, that we do would, know um, that we can misunderstand, you know, there are things that we learn that we've been wrong about that. It looks so obvious to us for so, you know, for so long. So we, we know that we can be wrong about things. Even can you give if, me an example? Sure. Yeah. People, a lot of, there was a time in, in when everyone thought the world was flat and they were wrong, you know, even though everybody but thought that's that. Not a, that's they not were, a properly basic belief, though. That, that, well, that's not a belief that you, you – that, see, a properly basic belief is one that you hold and that you are um, um, and that you are right to hold without mm-hmm. any real um, evidence in, in, in terms of um, – I, I, there doesn't so have you're to saying be that, our, that our moral sense is not really – because you the, the reason that I brought up that, that example was because you uh, – it seemed to me that you were – uh, using uh, our senses as an analogy for our moral sense, and so that's well, what I, that... I was saying that they're t- obviously very different categories. Uh-huh. But, but but that uh, I don't think that the world being flat is a properly basic belief. I would say that the that the external world is here, and that there that there are other things other than me is a properly okay. basic belief. You know what? You know what? Has- let's uh, let's let's. Pause, let's push the pause button on the properly basic belief. Maybe we can talk about that a different time. We let's let's move on and let's talk about uh, morality and its relation to God. Okay, sounds good. Is that yep. okay? All yep. right. So then, um, I wanted to ask you that we so we talked about you said that morality was going to be based off of God's nature. Um, so you're saying that God's nature could not have been could not have been different. Is that what you're saying? It had to be this way. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, because he's. In, the only thing that is worthy of worship um, would be a maximally great being, and he has to be morally perfect. Okay, so then that's a, if... That's a part of God's nature. God wouldn't be God if he wasn't morally right, perfect. Right, and so the idea there is that we can, um, we can intuit or we can uh, reason our way to the attributes of God based off of this, I don't know, this brute fact that it has to be this way. Is that right? Or Yeah, I think so. I mean, without going on any further, I think this is probably fair. 
So, so then don't you think we could, I mean, if, if we can, if we can infer these necessary qualities off of this, this God's nature, and then we can infer morality off of, off of God's nature, then couldn't we come to that same conclusion, even if there was no God? Come to the same conclusion that can we come if if, mora- if, if if morality has to be the way that it is, if it has to be the case that torturing a baby for fun is moral, then what do we need God to tell us about that for? We we should be able to come up with that on our own. We should be able to reason well, yeah, our way sure, to that conclusion sure, sure. without if, without if, there being a God. Sure, um, because th- there's a lot of people that say that, that this uh, that don't believe in God who say that we or attribute these um, uh, more obligations to um, kind of a herd, uh, you know, mentality um, and kind of a herd through evolutionary process. So sure, but I, I would argue that it's not objective. Then it's just based upon societal uh, norms. If there well, no, is no, I was God, saying, I, I was saying that if, if, if it is, if it, if morality has, has to be a certain, if it has to be that that's the case, that, that doing X action is immoral, then, then that's not something that depends on our society. It just depends on whether or not we take the time to follow the reasoning. If it's some, if it has to be true, then it doesn't matter it has then it has to be true whether or not there's a god it has to be true whether or not no, you know the no, nazis won no. it has to be true whether or not we live on the moon no, it has to no that's not what i'm saying oh okay i think it has it, i mean what i'm saying is is if um if there is no god then i don't i don't i don't believe that we could come up with these obligations i i think that maybe we could come up with something that is um that is beneficial for um, the herd or beneficial for society. Uh, but then again, see, I'm using a value judgment. I'm saying beneficial. Okay. Just to say what is beneficial. I mean, again, we, we could maybe scientifically show that things make, you know, like if we do this, then, 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 then humanity is going to grow and flourish. But mm-hmm. I've, I've always argued that that just falls back into speciesism, bias towards one's own species. So I, I think that you do have to have God in order to have an obligatory type of situation, but you don't have to have, um, but you don't, you don't have to know those um, or you don't have to believe in God to know those. I think that's epistemological. So, so morality is contingent upon the existence of God. Is that what you're saying? Objective morality or um, because you could obviously society could come up with things that they believe help. In no, one yeah, way I'm talking about another. your view of morality. I'm talking about yes, what, God. So, God has to exist for there to be an objective standard. Okay, and so, and you're also saying that God could only exist in one particular way. Yeah, I'm saying that what makes him God is that uh-huh. he's morally perfect, and that if he wasn't morally perfect, uh-huh. then he wouldn't be God. So even if there wasn't a God, then we could still argue what God would be like if there was a God. I don't think if you if if you don't have that standard, I mean, I, I don't know that there would be. But but if God can only be one way, so are you talking like epistemology, like how we know it to be true? No, I'm I'm talking about 
if God's nature can only be, if it's only possible for God to turn out one particular way, and morality is an offshoot of that of that nature, that's nece- that necessary nature, right? Then even if there was no God, we could still make an argument. We we would still we could still pursue and investigate. Well, what would a what would a perfect what would a perfect morality be like if there was one? Right. If, so if, that, if it can only be one way, then then. But that wouldn't give you objective. That would only give you because when I say something is objective, I mean it would have to be um, true regardless of what uh, people think. Yeah. And so yeah, that's what, I'm, what saying. I'm saying is I don't think you can get to an objective without some some standard. Well, I'm what I'm saying is if God's nature could only be one way, then morality, then a perfect morality can only be one way. You said that it wasn't a whim of God. It wasn't God's whim. Right. It's God's right. nature. And that you also said that we can infer God's nature philosophically and come to conclusions about what God's nature must be like. And that that morality is an offshoot of that nature. And so if that's the case, then even if there was no God, we could still come to those same conclusions because they would still be true. There's still only one, there's still only one perfect morality that we could, and we could reason there because, because it's necessary. And then the morality would, would be an offshoot of that. But wouldn't you need the the yardstick to even know where to begin? Well, if that's if we do need the yardstick, then it's not necessary. It's contingent upon whether or not there is a God and how that God happens to be. Right. That's what I'm saying. That God that that God is the yardstick. Maybe, right. maybe listen, maybe I don't understand what you're trying to say. Well like you're, I, you're, you're saying that that morality is uh is a characteristic of a god right yes, and you're saying and you're saying that yes. you're saying that us as human beings can infer what the nature of that god is going to be like of what that na- of the of what the nature of god must be like yeah but i'm not sure that you could do that if 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 you didn't have a standard it's almost like you know the whole idea of there there being like um I think in the metric system, I think they actually had um, um, like an actual in, in the, the Bureau of Weights and Measures, mm-hmm. like an actual thing that was a, a, a meter or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. that was the thing that we based the meter off of. The meter had that, that meter stick mm-hmm. um, had to exist in order for us to have that standard in which to, to look for it. What I'm saying though is, right, but that's I mean, an arbitrary I'm standard. If, but what I'm, what I'm saying is if there was, if there was no God, then, then, then we, we wouldn't be talking about maximally great beings. And I think that we'd have to have okay. God to exist to even, to even kind of compute that, um, you know, to even, um, to follow that line of thinking. So, so then what you're saying is that that nature is not necessary. Because not it depends on whether or not there, that that we we can't come to that conclusion unless there is a God, right? Okay, so then if we are in fact wrong about God, or if we or if God had turned out to be different, then our inferences would be based off of what 
the evolutionary process. So what it seems to me that you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me that you're that you're con- that you're not being consistent, that you're con- contradicting yourself. On one hand, you're saying that a God's nature is necessarily a particular way, and that morality is a characteristic of that nature. And you're also saying that we can make certain inferences, certain as in a degree of certainty, we can make certain inferences about that nature. And, but then on the other, so then that would, it would seem in that case that the existence of a, we don't need the existence of a God. We don't need that measure, that meter measure stick because we can make inferences about it. Well, you would need it for it to be objective. You would need it to be objective. Of course you could. Uh, if there, Say there's no God now. Mm-hmm. Then what you're saying is exactly, if there is no God. But if God's nature were necessary, it was, were, were necessarily a particular way, you're saying that morality, perfect morality, has to be a particular way. If it's the case that it has to be a particular way, then it can't be dependent on whether or not a God exists. No, well, what I'm saying is, is the, is I think maybe we're misunderstanding. I'm saying the objectiveness sure. of this. No. So I'm saying that this flows from God, that, 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 that moral goodness or moral oughtness flows from God's nature. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we are all obligated to that because he is that objective standard. Right. And so if, so if you're, if you're talking about a meter, we don't need the, you know, the meter long platinum bar or whatever they have for the stand. We don't need that because the meter is defined as, you know, uh, how far light travels in a certain number of seconds or, or something, you know, however, there is a, there is a definition of what a meter is. Right, and it's not—it's so not dependent on a could, physical uh, bar. So, saying, so, are you saying that we could that, that we could have an understanding of what good is or what ought to be the case if, without God? Yeah, if if this perfect moral nature were ne- were necessarily true, if it had to be true, if it was true in all cases, then we then it, it can't be dependent on the existence of a God. And, and it's still objective because we can arrive at it by reason and argument. But that wouldn't make it objective. That, that um, certainly it, would it, make it objective. No, 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 no. Wait, it's independent of opinion. Say, it's independent right, but, of opinion. Yeah, but, but, so see the, but this is what we're arguing. We're, we're, we're arguing this very fact is whether or not um, this is objective. See, I, I don't know. I just am not following what what you're trying to say about. I mean, listen. I mean, you've you've you've, you've let, let's me move this, on. Like, then. Let's move on. Then we don't we don't yeah, need let, to. I, right. We can come back to this. I'm not trying to dodge this. I just mm-hmm. don't think I understand what you're trying to say. And maybe I'm just thick. Uh, I just. That's it. That's it. I agree. <laughs> with, I agree with you on that point. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, um, let's. Uh, we we. We could talk about this for another 45 minutes and, and we might not get let's so let's set that aside. Maybe we'll come back to it. We'll see. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I did want to talk about um, the idea of um, 
of, of, a, of a God-based morality being objective, because clearly, I think it's clear, and, and hopefully it's not controversial, hopefully you won't disagree with, but different people, even people who choose to base their morality on God, think different things are, are moral and different things are immoral. Right, right. Okay? And yeah. so... And and so it appears that they have so this this moral sense that you talked about before uh, appears to be different. And so, w- what do you say about that? Well, I, I don't think they do because I mean I think everyone wants the same thing. It's just that people use different means and methods to get it. So let me give you an example. So they um, you know they have like a different uh, perception of moral facts, but fundamentally they agree that the moral law should be upheld. So for instance, India. They believe that that cows may possess souls of the what deceased other deceased human beings, and so they won't eat them. But in the United States, we don't believe that, so we freely eat cows. Okay. And while this looks like some kind of moral difference, it, it's only surf- surface level difference because we both believe it's wrong to eat grandma. Right. So the foundational moral belief is shared. It just sometimes is. Um, how we get to that. So I don't think we should deny moral truths just because under certain circumstances, it's difficult to know exactly what they are. I mean, just like scientists don't, don't throw out an actual law simply because they uh don't know the answer to something natural. So moral value is absolute, but the way it's practiced is relative. Like take a greeting. Um, uh, People greet people differently in different cultures. Uh Uh-huh. But all cultures think it's good to formally greet someone, but they mm. differ on, uh, know about on that. how to do it. So, well, regardless, what I'm saying is is, is that these, um, yes, there are differences, but I think they're ultimately surface level differences. And well, again, well, there, that's, there's that's been, talking epistemology, not ontology. There's that's been, how we know that's, things. That's fine. Not, that's fine. We, you know, we're, but there are societies or there have been who not only think it's okay to eat grandma, but think it's wrong not to. There's been okay. cannibalistic societies that, you know, that base a lot of, or, you know, their, their ancestor worship and that kind of thing is, is they, you know, when they're, when their elders die, then they have a feast. And so, so not only is that, it's not the case that everybody thinks it's wrong to kill grandma and eat grandma. It's some people think it's immoral or at least have thought, I don't, I don't know about it now, but uh, at least have thought that it was wrong to not, to just, wh- wh- why would you bury your, your ancestors like that and, and just leave them in the dirt? Well, and I so, think that so, would fall so back. We, so no, even, I see what you're saying, right? But I think that falls back to the whole flat earth, flat earth round earth. Okay. Just because we don't know that the earth is, is round, uh, doesn't make the earth flat or doesn't mean that, that we can never know. And that because people differ on their opinions, there's no objective standard out there that we're, we're talking, you and I right now are talking about epistemology. And since we are um, people with faculties that, that could be broken and misled and abused and misunderstood, um, we could come and draw all kinds of conclusions, but it doesn't mean that there isn't an objective standard out there. It just means that we, we may have some differences on on what we think that objective standard is. But just because we have those differences doesn't mean we can't say that there aren't other things that um, that that we ought not to. 
So you're Which saying you that uh, it's it's possible for so if if there is the case where we differ that the people who thought it was okay to eat grandma were just wrong. Yeah. So take, take um, torturing of a, a baby. Let's just take torturing of a, a baby for your fun. Okay. So that is objectively morally wrong. I would agree with that. Okay. So, but regardless of, of whether we agree upon that, it's still objectively wrong. Okay. So like I think there so like I think I'm trying to distinguish or separate these two layers. Okay, so first the question is is there objective moral values induced? We both say yes. Now the now there's two other two other questions that derive from that. The first question is is can we know them? Right. Can so we we're know separating what they are? And then the second and then the second one is well where do they come from? Or right. maybe that's the first one. I don't so know. we're so we're separating whether or not something actually is wrong from ontology do, from do we perceive right. it to be wrong? Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Some, for, in order for something to be objective, it doesn't necessarily re- require for us to recognize that it's objective or to object for us to recognize what the objective truth is about something. Right. But yes. you brought up a good point. Like we said about that. the center of the earth, right? There's stuff in right. the center of the earth. We don't, just because we can't recognize, you know, some people might think it's purple. Some people might think it's orange, whatever. That doesn't change the fact that there is a thing there and it is a certain color. Is that what you're, is that what you're kind of getting at there? All I was saying is that I think you did bring up a good point that it's difficult sometimes to know. Um, I think that most people can agree upon certain um, foundational moral oughts and ought nots, but but it's difficult when you do have uh, people who are um, you, you have different means or different perceptions mm-hmm. about those moral facts. Okay, um, yeah, and I I I think I would agree on that. I would think, um, like I said, you know, just because something is objectively true, it doesn't guarantee that we're going to be able to recognize that that's the right. truth. We might, we might see the wrong thing. We might make a mistake. We might, uh, there might be some kind of, uh, systematic error like, um, you know, optical illusions. Have you seen the optical illusion where there's two line segments and one of them yes. has arrowheads looks longer. Yes. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, shoot, what's it called again? Uh, well, you have the arrows, the like arrows heads in pointing arrows in or out. out. Yeah. yeah. yeah and right. so, so even if you know that they're the same length, even if you just measured them, you can't help but see them. One of them's so longer than the up. other, and that's just because that's of the so way our eyes up. work in our brains. No, it's right. that's that's not that's not a subjective matter. That's just the way that our you know our no, eyes physically I said it was function. Up. Oh, okay. I thought you said that. I said okay. that. No, I said that's jacked up, man. I know because I've seen that before. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Okay. Okay, so I think I think this might be a good place to stop. I think uh, I think we're <laughs> I think we're going to end up pushing it into a fourth round here. Yeah, um, where we're in agreement. Yeah, stop right, when yeah. we're agreeing. Right, exactly, exactly. And you know what? I agree with that as well. Uh, don't so, go to bed angry, Scott. <laughs> don't go to bed angry. <laughs> oh, good, good advice. Good advice. Um, okay, so just to kind of sum up things is is you were you were suggesting that. Um, goodness flows from God's nature, stems from God's nature, is a characteristic of God's nature, and that if that, you know, if without that nature, we couldn't really 
you know, we, we'd be missing something. We'd be, we'd be unable to hang our hat on a particular uh, morality. Is that, I know, I know that's like the five cent version of it, but do, does, do you think yeah, that no, at least summarizes? That's fine. Okay. Would you, yeah. would you add, what would you add to that? Uh, well, I don't think that you have to know God to be good. And I don't think that you, um, um, I, I don't think that you have to know God to know good. Um, and that I think that the evolutionary process provides us with a, a sound foundation for things that would benefit society or um, cultures as a, as a whole, those, those things that we talk about flourishing society. So there are obviously things that would make societies flourish better than others. Mm-hmm. I'm, just not, I'm just not sure we agree upon the fact that that is objective. And so um, and then I think likewise, if you turn the, the ball around, I think that, um, that, that you would say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that you would say that um, the grounding – these uh, moral oughts and truths uh, would be difficult in in God's nature because uh, you think that we could we could potentially uh, come to those truths with without God. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that correct? Um, well, I was pur- I was I was proposing you know a possibility. I was trying to examine whether or not God was needed in your equation. That, that's what I was suggesting there is, is, is if there was a perfect nature, if there was a perfect moral nature, isn't that something, you know, if it was, if it was in fact a necessary type of thing, then it, it seems that it wouldn't require the actual God to be there. We, we could have this uh, descriptor or the, this, this description of what a perfectly moral uh, being would look like and then can draw conclusions from that. If in fact that's that's you know there was a necessary nature for for a god. So if I could branch off of this just for a second, I know we said we were going to stop, but I have a question. Okay, I, I think that might help clear it up for me. The answer like is four. That. That's it. That's it. It's the answer over. Is four. No, the uh, so like if you go back to that meter bar, right? Uh huh. So. Um, now I'll, I'll, I'll lay this out and then you kind of tell me kind of maybe where I'm going wrong. So like the, the meter bar that's in whatever weights and bureaus office, um, they decided, okay, uh, that this meter, uh, that this bar will be what we call a meter. And, uh, it, it has the property of, of now being a meter. It, it is that standard by which we use, Right. If that meter bar wasn't there, how would we decide or how would we get to that exact right, right. meter bar? Well, I think, and I could be wrong on this. I'm, I'm a little rusty in this area. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've had to research the metric system. Uh, but from what I understand is that there is, and, and they might have refined a, a meter over the years, um, but there is a def- so they, they can define a meter, not necessarily just based on this iron. It's not like they just hacked out a chunk of iron and said, here's a meter, you know, from now on, ah. from now on, this <laughs> right. is a meter, right? So okay. I, I, I believe, and, and again, I could be wrong here. I believe it's based off of some kind of physical property. Um, light travels a certain distance. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up before, you know, before we come back to the yeah. next one. Um, yeah, I would you know, love there, to there's, know that. Cause I know that things like, um, like uh, like temperature, for example, the 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 metric system 
for temperature, the Celsius system is based off of the boiling temperature and the freezing temperature right. of water at sea level. Right. And so, right. so even if we didn't happen to have any water on us at the time, we could still make an argument or we could still, you know, we could still describe perfectly what zero Celsius or what one meter or, you know, what one liter or, you know, whatever, um, you know, we could still describe those. And so what, what, what I'm saying is that did, if, yeah, okay. if you, you said that we could infer with perfect certainty, the, 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 um, the, what constituted the nature of God. And, and what I'm saying is that if that's the case, then since we, since our, any perceptions we have, we know could be fallible, but if right. we can, if we can purely philosophically, reasonably, infer those those characteristics and if that's a necessary uh inference then it 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 can't be related on whether or not the, the god is actually there we could still we could still we'd say if there was no god we could still say well what if there was a god what would it be like and and we would all agree that it has to be this perfect way and we'd say oh yeah so that must be what morality is let's go on that even if there was no god we could still come to that conclusion of what a perfect God would be like. And if we say, okay, from there, we can, we can infer what morality is. No, I, I think I see where you're going with that. And I really don't know if I have much to say about that. I would say probably that I'm not sure that's the case. I would have to think on it more. Okay. Um, But then I think that my, my main point, my big point would be is that I don't think that it, that that could be obligatory that that, that we could call those duties. Uh Maybe we could call those, some kind of moral things or whatever, but I don't know that you can, you can enforce laws without a lawgiver. You know, I I don't think that it could be uh, something that I could hold you culpable for, Mm -hmm. but that's neither here nor there. Well, you know, that's that's actually a perfect segue into, uh, to our next part, which we'll pick up uh, at a different episode. So we'll, we'll, which is, which will what be, is the best? Uh, what is morality? And what does it mean? Or yeah. What, what, is the what, best be, what would way be the best way to measure morality? morality? And and you know what would make what would make the most sense? So so that's going to be what we're gonna we're gonna talk about next time. And so that will wrap up round three. Ding ding. And that was more on morality. More on morality, boy. It seems like it's a, it's just something that's never. It's a well that's never going to run dry. To go never, back to that same ever metaphor, run dry. We will. Yep. <laughs> so there's so there. You know, people have been talking about morality for centuries and millennia, and uh, ever since people could talk and consider things, ever since we, uh, you know, developed our ability to reason, people have been talking about morality, and and so that's probably uh, something that's never going to go away. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. it's I'm it's uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I think, and and I'm glad that we can actually um, you know have a civil conversation because I know a lot of times people that's something that people can get heated up about. They and sure so, can. I mean, it's um, a very so personal. I, um, yeah. You know, of course, everything we talk about typically is is uh, hits on a personal foundational level, and when that right. happens, we immediately go into fight or flight kind of. Uh, you know, a position. Right, so right. It's yeah. hard to be civil. Yep. It's hard yep, to be civil. It is. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good that you and I have an opportunity to practice that. That's right. And so that we, so we can get better at it and so on. But um, on a lighter side here, we're going to now, we're going to go back to a bit. We've done this a few times uh, in previous episodes and um, that is spin the wheel. And in, in this, just to remind our viewers in this 
uh, bit. What we do is Jamie and I each have a bunch of uh, surprise questions for the other person. And so what we do is we spin the wheel and pick one at random. And then the other person has two minutes to uh, answer that. And so let's just dive right into that. Let's go to spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. Jamie, you ready to spin the wheel? Yeah, baby. No whammy. All right. Here we go. And. All right. And so your topic is justice. Oh, justice. boy. And so here, here's the question. So um, I've heard some Christians say things like, God is a just being. God is a just God. I'm sure that doesn't come as a surprise to anyone uh, that God is a just God. And so justice, basically, we can define as getting what you deserve, right? If somebody is a, a bad person, then justice would mean that they there's some kind of punishment or retribution or mm-hmm. a recompense going to be due from them. Um, and But on, on the other side of the coin, we have mercy. We have mercy. I'm sure you've heard this this comparison before. Um, and so, uh, other Christians will say things like God is a merciful God. And so Mm -hmm. we could also loosely define mercy as you don't get what you deserve, you know? So you were, you were bad, but the, you know, the judge has mercy. And so doesn't give you a bad, uh, you know, a bad punishment or whatever. So, um, and I've also heard many Christians say both at the same time, which it would Mm -hmm. seem to be, uh, contradiction. So you either do get what you deserve, justice, or you don't get what you deserve, mercy. So my question to you then is, um, how do you uh, combine those? What, what's your position? Which yeah. si- which side do you which side do you support? If either or if both, how do you uh, how does that uh, resolve? And I will start the timer. Okay, so God's justice and God's mercy, I think that they're, they are mutually compatible. I think God, in order to be a being that is worthy of worship, God has to be perfectly just. But God is also perfectly merciful. And at first, it might seem like a contradiction. I might call it a conundrum, something maybe that I don't quite understand. I'm not completely re. Um, 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 throwing it out to like mystery. But what I will say is this, in this lifetime, um, in the Bible, it talks about how it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So um, good people get good things and bad people get good things as well. Um, There's there's nothing uh, in this life that really brings about justice or mercy in a perfect way. And that's why we as Christians believe there's an afterlife. So that in the afterlife, you will either get justy, justice or be given mercy, depending upon your decision in the here and now. If you decide, God, I don't want anything to do with you, then God, in order to be perfectly just God, has to punish you for your misbehavior. And that punishment is separation from him for all of eternity. Now, as Christians, we also believe in mercy, but our uh, our misbehaviors don't go unpunished. 
That's the whole reason for the cross. We believe that God came down and took our misbehaviors, our sins upon himself on the cross, thus still allowing him to be just. So those sins that we have committed have been atoned for through Jesus, and now he could pour out mercy on us in eternity. Ooh, under the wire. Woo. Got that one in. Barely. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that I'm betting we're going to get a little bit of feedback on that with some questions. I hope so. so. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll save those for maybe uh, we'll, we'll come circle back around and uh, come into that. But thank you. I, that was a, uh, a good answer. And so I appreciate that. And so now uh, here's your chance right. to spin the wheel I'm for me. Spin it. Here we go. Okay, you have landed on proof. Proof. All right. So the question is, must we be able, now this is directed just to you, towards you, uh, must we be able to demonstrate God's existence through the scientific method? Uh, Or is there other ways by which you think um, that God could be justifiably believed in maybe through something like philosophy. So can we, I don't want to say prove in the Cartesian sense, but could we convince you through other means other than the scientific method, or do we have to come up with um, strictly some kind of naturalistic uh, evidence for God before that would, before you would consider that possibly you know, good enough uh, evidence for God's existence. All right. And here we go. Ready ready with the timer? Yep. Uh, Okay. So, well, my short answer is going to be, I don't know. I don't know. Um, And so what I will say is that, um, you know, you mentioned the scientific method. And, um, you know, from what I see, the scientific method, basically, it's – it's the most reliable method that we have for uh, determining what's true and what's not true. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, a handful of ways that we can, or maybe more than a handful, you know, maybe, you know, many, many different ways that we can uh, use to determine what's correct and what's not correct, what's real, what's not real, what's right, what's wrong, and that kind of thing. Um, the scientific method is, has been very effective and, um, you know, is is clearly the most reliable method that, that we have for determining truth. Now, that is not to say that that you have to go through the scientific method to determine whether or not, like in this case, there's a God. So um, I would be open to other forms of, of being convinced. Um, I think that it's easy to fall back on tried and true methods. Um, and so, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a powerful tool that we have. And so it's, it's easy to um, it's easy to see where your question comes from, I guess. And that is that, um, you know, we have that and we've used, we use that over and over again. We use it all the time. Um, uh, it would be, I think it would be an uphill battle to, to throw in a, a new technique. I mean, you would need to, first of all, justify your, your method. Okay, so if you want to use some other kind of method, um, 
you know, you said philosophical. Well, actually, the scientific method is a philosophical method. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an approach. It's a way of addressing uh, a particular type of question. But I think that I would be open to to other things. But it would it would be it would require using an using an untested method or, or you know introducing a new method. And so you'd need to justify. Um, you need to build my confidence in your new method of approach. I, gotcha. Does that yep. seem to answer your question there? Very okay. Yep. So then that's that's it. Thank you, buddy. Even though even though I went over time a little bit. That's all right. I'll let you slide this time. <laughs> all right. Next all time right. I'm pulling out my big hook and the gong <laughs> and you're coming off <laughs> right. the stage, man. Uh, you know, just the other day, I was explaining to my son about the Gong Show. Yeah, he did. He's, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's too young. He's never seen or heard of the Gong Show. Yeah, huh? yeah. You know, sometimes we'll listen to music on shuffle, right? And so yeah. these songs come up, and I and every once in a while I'll say Gong, and I'll hit the next, you know, hit the forward <laughs> to the next song. Yeah, that's and he's perfect. like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And so oh, that's anyway, great. I love it. <laughs> All right, so that is spin the wheel. I love those spin the wheels, man. I just never yeah. know what I'm going to get. They're fun. They're fun. I, I yep. kind of like, uh, you know, the challenge of thinking off the cuff. And, and I've had um, a lot of uh, response, actually, that's of our of all of our side bits. That's the one I think people really? like the most. Yeah, they say well, they really love to spin the wheel. So maybe the fact that you and I enjoy it so much, maybe that shows through a little maybe, bit. Maybe that's it. Yep. Uh, speaking of side bits, though, we do have uh, we're, we're starting this year in uh, 2020. Uh, the. Uh, I guess what we're calling it the God or not book club or, or something along that line. And so, um, so Jamie and I basically are going to be reading a book together and then every episode or every, you know, every episode or every other episode or however we end up doing it, we're going to, we'll pause and, and we'll talk a little bit about, um, about what we've been reading. And so our first book that we're going to do, Jane, or I chose for, for Jamie and I to read, and this is called sense and goodness without God. A Defense of Metaphysical Naturalism, and this is by uh, Richard Carrier. And so Jamie and I, and, and we want to encourage uh, or invite, I should say, our listeners to follow along if they would like to, and they can read with us and they can even uh, kick in some feedback. And, and if you get your feedback in soon enough, um, then we will incorporate that into our discussion. And so, again, the book was uh, Sense and Goodness Without God by Richard Carrier. And so, uh, so today is January 7th. And um, so we'll be talking about the first section, actually the first two sections. The first section is just the intro. Um, and so we'll be looking at the second section then, uh, how we know it's called the section called how we know. And it's the, the first two sections are about 60, 60 some pages. And so it's not too big of a of a dive for anybody to uh, follow along with. So if, if uh, to our listeners, if you would like to participate in the book club, then uh, please have your comments into us by January 14th. Um, Cause that way, cause we do the recording, obviously we don't record it live on January 21st, the next episode, although we, maybe we could, that might be interesting to do at some point, live. have a live episode. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but that way we can incorporate your, your uh, comments into the, into the discussion. So again, that was um, January 14th and you can just email your, your comments or questions into the email at God or not podcast.com. And so that is on section one, which is the intro and then section two, which is the first of several meaty sections to come. That'll be fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think the 60 pages is not a, it's not a terribly long read. Um, maybe we'll dive into, you know, bigger chunks in, in later, you know, once we get rolling, but you know, we'll just see how that goes. For those of you who are uh, listeners or uh, of quote books, uh, Audible does have it. I purchased it from Audible and I will be quote reading my book. <laughs> ah, um, okay during my commutes. So for those of you who might want to just, you have a commute or a drive and, and you want to uh, participate in this um, and you, you can't get your hands on a book, uh, you could go to audible and, sure. and get that. Yep. Yeah. And one cool thing about audible, you could speed that baby up. So like <laughs> I, I've gotten to the point now with most of the, um, with, with most of the books, I, I could usually quote, read it at double mm-hmm double time. I usually started at time and a half. Right. And then about a quarter of the way through the book, I bump it up. And then halfway through the book, I'm usually at double time. So I could bust through these books in, you know, twice as fast sometimes. Right. So that's a nice little, uh, nice little tip. And that was free from, uh, from myself to you. (laughs) (laughs) Tips on, you know, life hacks from Jamie. Right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the thing that I don't, I, I, I listen to audible books or audio, you know, audio version of books um, occasionally as well. The thing I don't like about that though, is I like to have a highlighter and I like to, you know, stick post-it notes and stuff into the books and so on. I love that too. So usually I have to get myself a hard, a hard (laughs) back copy as well, because some of these books that at least that I listen to are hard to listen to. Uh, because they're they're deep. Like right yeah. now, I'm listening to you know uh, 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 metaphysics and stuff. I mean, that, those uh-huh. are those are meaty, difficult, heady yeah. subjects to to wrap your mind around. Just listening to so a lot especially of times you if have you a hard copy. Especially if you're listening to a chipmunk read it to you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you edit us, don't you? you, you just, I do. That's a yeah. little, little when insight I, when I, to the editing process. When I'm when I'm editing the episodes, yeah, I, I play them back at not. I, I can't go two times speed. Uh, one and a half times speed though, and helps me to get through it a little more quickly. But anyway, so that's going to be uh, so that's going to be the book club, and uh, one more time that was Sense and Goodness Without God by Richard Carrier, and that about wraps it up for episode number eleven. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Jamie would recommend what? I'm recommending Legislating Morality. Is it wise? Is it legal? Is it possible? By Norman Geisler and Frank Turek. Uh, It's a very good book that, that talks basically about how Everyone legislates morality. The question is, whose morality are we going to legislate? I thought it was mm-hmm. a, a pretty good read, and I think at least some of our listeners will agree. Okay. All right. Um, and I recommend uh, a book by a guy by the name of a psychologist by the name of Paul Bloom, and this is, it's called Just Babies, The Origins of Good and Evil. And uh, I like the title because it's a it's a it's a double entendre. It's you know just babies, like oh we're just babies, you know it's, we're only babies when, um, you know when we're born. But then it's just it's a you know as as far as justice is concerned, just right. babies. Very um, and clever. The, the thesis of the book is that uh, much of our moral sense is uh, innate, and so th- he talks about how you can um, you can see some of these moral issues. Uh, with cleverly designed experiments um, 
and, and, you know, you put babies in these different situations and see how they react and that kind of thing. Actually, the book, there's, it's kind of a, a, a double, uh, a double message there. One is that, you know, we have, we have this innate moral sense when we're, when we're born. And uh, the second thing though, is that, uh, that that innate moral sense has some definite flaws and shortcomings and how, uh, as we grow and mature, then it, it takes that raw material that, that we're born with and it kind of uh, molds it into something that's more, you know, more, more moral, I guess, to, to, um, to use that Point word phrase, there. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, so it's an interesting uh, psychological approach. It's not about, you know, it, it doesn't really address religion in either direction. And so uh, I think that people with a religious perspective uh, could get a lot out of this book as well as people without a religious perspective. But uh, again, the book is called Just Babies, The Origins of Good and Evil, and it's by Paul Bloom. All right. And so thank you all for joining us. We hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be talking about prejudice and um, you know how it relates to uh, various religious and non-religious topics. And until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.